in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Nikki Haley. Oh my God, it's her, the woman who was in charge of security on January 6th. It's Nancy Pelosi. For the 100th time, that is not Nancy Pelosi. It is Nikki Haley. Are you doing okay, Donald? You might need a mental competency test. You know what I did? I took the test and I aced it. Okay, perfect score. They said I'm 100% mental. And, you know, I'm confident because I'm a man. That's why a woman should never run our economy. Women are terrible with money. In fact, a woman I know recently asked me for $83.3 million. And you spent $50 million in your own legal fees. Do you need to borrow some money? Oh, Nikki, don't do this, Nikki. Nikki, Kiki, Tommy. Nikki, don't lose that number. Nikki Haley, Joel Osment. Nikki Haley, Joel Osment, we call her. Six cents, remember that one? I see dead people. Yeah, that's what voters will say if they see you and Joe on the ballot. Oh, that's not very nice, Nikki. It's not nice. And I'm always very nice to you, except when I'm implying you weren't born in this country. Even though you're from South Carolina, and now I'm going to beat you in your state. So that was unexpected, ladies and gentlemen, as I substitute for Greg Kelly today. It's not under the weather. It'll be uh, probably be in tomorrow. Yours truly, Curtis Sliwa. It was unexpected because um, the Saturday Night Live uh, showcast that indicated that the big celebrity appearing would be J-Lo. Baby got back. Jennifer Lopez. And in the after party, you know, all the paparazzi were there and. Who ended up showing up, I I believe, Nikki Haley, because uh, she was a pop-up at the very start of the show with the uh, Donald Trump imitator. So what I want to ask the uh, Greg Kelly audience is, why is Nikki Haley doing all this? I mean, I have my own opinions. But she has said, A, number one, uh, whether she wins or loses in South Carolina, and if the election were tomorrow, she would get crushed in her own... uh, Gamecock State of South Carolina. She's going to head into Super Tuesday. She has the money to do it. What is the purpose in all this? In that Saturday night skit, it wasn't all that funny. You would have thought she would have improv because it's live. Live Saturday night live, that open. It's live. You would have thought that she would have thrown some zingers at Joe Biden also since on the campaign stump She basically has equated Donald Trump and Joe Biden as being the same. Old, fuddy-duddies, mean, nasty curmudgeons. And she's the new face of politics in America. But she can't win. She certainly can't win the Republican primary. So uh, what uh, is the game plan here? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. Because uh, let me tell you what I think. Nikki Haley obviously has a following. It's not enough to beat Donald Trump in any of the Republican primaries. She won't even win in her home uh, state. But she's got a solid 20, 25, 30 percent. Most of it, when you look at the analytics, are women. 
it is a demographic that would assure that Donald Trump would become the next president of the United States. The recent NBC poll, which might as well have been also authored by MSNBC, that's part of the NBC Peacock Network, shows Donald Trump, I mean, squashing Joe Biden uh, on so many levels, more than 5% in some of the categories, which is unheard of. Now, sure, there's a long ways to go before November. It's assured that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee. I don't doubt that at all. But the question is, what about the um, what about the uh, Democrats with poll numbers like that with NBC? So uh, just so showing Donald Trump running away with this race if it was tomorrow against Joe Biden. What becomes of Nikki Haley? Why would you go on Saturday Night Live and lampoon Donald Trump with a little small dig at Joe Biden? I believe that she's auditioning for the No Labels Party. No Labels because they have said they want a Republican to be their presidential nominee, a Democrat to be their vice presidential nominee. They were originally going to have a convention. They've canceled the convention. It'll be the board of directors who make the decision. Nikki Haley's getting all this free attention on MSNBC, on CNN, on Fox News Channel. She's got a load of money of TV commercials. I think she's auditioning. In the meantime, we've been joined by the owner and operator of uh, WABC, the biggest uh, station in America by day and the biggest uh, around the world at night, John Katsimatidis, great talk show host. But we're not in Antarctica yet. That's true, not in Antarctica, but you're, you're working your way there. Well, so, Curtis, I mean, Nikki Haley, I remember when uh, she came back from uh, New Hampshire, we played that song for her. What was the song we played? No one to hold them, no one to fold them, right. no one to walk away, right, no right. one to run. Exactly. Well, why would she run in South Carolina where she's 30, 40 points behind in her home state and she's going to look bad? Because that's not the object. Somebody is paying. Your object is to find out who is paying for her to go out and say lousy things about other people. Well, if we look at her initial funders, it's all the establishment Republicans, what they used to call the country club Republicans. The Are those Bush the ones that hate Trump? They, they despise him. They, right. they really despise him. So you, now you know who's paying. Well, Somebody in that group. Right, but from Nikki Haley's point, she is going to be, at least for a while, a pariah in the in the party because it's a Trump party now. She'll be sort of the female version of the way Mitt Romney is treated now, an outlier. But imagine if she does run of the no-labels uh, no party, and they will qualify in all the states to run uh, candidates. I mean, Joe Manchin has nothing on Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is getting all the attention, so... She could conceivably pull 3 4%, and you know what a difference that can make in a national election. Huge difference. Um, so for whose favor? Let's, let's analyze that. Uh, if she – no labels. I, I, I was a board member at one time. Hmm. I didn't know that. About 100 years ago. <laughs> I think it's more like 10 years ago, 11 years ago. It was a good idea. I, it, I thought it was a good idea. And uh, there, there are a lot of nice people. The person who really runs it is Nancy Jacobson, who was Evan Bayes' chief of staff. Yeah. And nice lady. I love her dearly. 
and uh, and uh, the the chairman, I think, is uh, uh, the Senator Lieberman, who I have a lot of admiration for. Uh, the, the two co-chairmen was the uh, was it the North Carolina or South Carolina ex governor governor right, and the one from uh, uh, Maryland was it Hogan. Hogan. Well, they wanted him and Hogan originally. Hogan just resigned. Right. They wanted him uh, to be the candidate, and then they realized he just doesn't have any charisma, any personality. He would have been the Republican on the ticket, and because they said no, he resigned. He resigned. But that's why I think Nikki Haley is now auditioning that for that spot. That is very possible. And what the other big question, West Virginia, Joe Manchin, what is he going to do? Well, let's say he's on the ticket, but I don't think he can carry the ticket. He just doesn't have the charisma. I mean, look, uh, a lot of people hate Nikki Haley in the Republican Party, but she has her following and she's getting all this FaceTime, free time on TV. She pops up on Saturday Night Live unexpectedly. It's a different demographic. Where is that song? You didn't find it yet? Jesus Christ, what kind of... So you're suggesting she should have just folded uh, and just headed. Well, the- I think if she wanted to stay, if she believes she's a Republican and she wanted to stay a Republican, I think the honorable thing was to no one to hold them, no one to fold them, no one to walk away, no one to run. I'm telling you, I'll tell you another reason that I think uh, she's running beyond just the state of uh, South Carolina, which she's going to lose to Donald Trump is they did this glowing profile of her husband, who is who is serving uh, the United States in the military. The uh, National Guard unit has been dispatched to the Middle East, the Persian Gulf. And they did a huge profile of him in uniform with her. So I'm telling you, John, I, this I, is going to go beyond South Carolina. A, I once had a partner in Capital Airlines yeah. that that had a girlfriend, and he made, he made, he made sure he stationed his uh, her husband... In uh, Santa Domingo. <laughs> I'm not saying that Nikki Haley's doing anything wrong. There were some rumors, though, right? Uh, look, let's face it. It's a good story. It's it, it's an excellent. It, it enhances yourself as a candidate when your 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 wife or your husband is actually an active service of the United States at a time when we could be on the edge of a war against Iran. I mean, it makes- now I want to know. It took three days, Curtis, before they decided where to bomb. Remember, uh, President Biden got up and says, "We're going to decide where we bomb." Yes. The rumor is they were letting Iran know where they're going to bomb, so they'll move all the people out of there. Yeah. Well, they let Iraq know, which is a surrogate now of Iran. So obviously, the Iranians knew. I mean, how can how can the American people understand what the heck is going on? I mean, I don't understand it. How can how can the White House people, somebody, what's the name of the guy in the White House that does that, that stays in touch with uh, Iran? There's one guy there. Oh, there's a whole batch of them. Skyrim? Not Skyrim. There's a whole batch of them well, that, that come from the Obama administration when they were very yeah. pro. Let's, well, let's, they let Iran that, know where, where the bombs were coming so to make sure to move everybody else out. Right, and it, it makes it look like Biden is responding, he's he's tough, he's no Jimmy Carter. Remember, the one thing with Jimmy Carter, he had one attempt 
at Iran when he sent the helicopters in, remember, to rescue the hostages that were being held at our embassy by the Ayatollah's followers. And remember how they crashed in the desert, and it was a complete debacle. We have not had that uh, so far. So we've taken on the Houthis. We've taken on uh, the surrogate... uh, uh, the surrogates of Iran in uh, Iraq and in Syria. I believe that the the USS Eisenhower, the aircraft carrier and the fleet that uh, is out there in the Red Sea, is there to keep Hezbollah at bay in Lebanon. The way I hear it is the reason the other aircraft carrier was going is a symbol to Israel, you better listen to us. Yes. And the order was given from the White House to Israel, don't you dare attack Iran. So Israel's almost partner, Saudi Arabia, used their foreign allegiance, ISIS, my opinion, ISIS, to attack Iran. Well, when we come back, John Katsimatidis, yours truly, Curtis Lee, was substituting for Greg Kelly today. He's under the weather. Uh, Let's discuss uh, the life and times of Bibi Netanyahu, the prime minister. The clock is ticking on him. Uh, He's not going to be prime minister for, for long. What does he have to do until all of a sudden he is ousted uh, by the public uh, in Israel, even some of his own followers in Likud who were very upset with him that on his watch, this invasion took place by Hamas, a pogrom was committed in South Israel, devastating, and hostages were taken, and yet it seemed like uh, the Israelis had their own 9-11. They were asleep at the wheel. This is the Greg Kelly Show featuring John Katsimatidis and yours truly, Curly Sliwa. And we go geopolitical on all of you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, earlier this morning, John Katsimatidis, uh, the number one uh, news program, talk program in the nation. Uh, uh, Was Sid higher than us uh, today? Yeah, Sid, uh, Sid Rosenberg. Uh, he did well today, I think. Yeah, he uh, returned from Israel a week. He was with uh, people who definitely were Likud supporters there, right-wing supporters, who had voted BBN as prime minister of the parliamentary elections. But even they, according to Sid, were sour on Bibi because he was at the helm. He never apologized to the nation when Hamas just kept uh, kept their invasion going into uh, South um, Israel with no deterrence. Uh, you know, it's a complete disaster. It was in 9-11. So he doesn't have much time in. There are a number of different ways he can be taken out. I've come to the conclusion that he must do what Menachem Begin did many, many years ago. And remember, Menachem Begin eventually won the Nobel Peace Prize. He was the warrior of all warriors. But when uh, Jimmy Carter sat him down, with Anwar Sadat of Egypt, and they made the peace that has lasted to this day at the Camp David Accord. Menachem Begin got a, a Nobel Peace Prize, as did Anwar Sadat. Menachem Begin took out the nuclear weapons development of Saddam Hussein and was universally railed at, even by our own president, Ronald Reagan, at the time. And his answer was, I've been elected to defend the people of Israel, whether they're Likud, my party, or Labor. And if I got to take out somebody who's making a nuclear weapon because they're going to use it on Israel, I don't care what the rest of the world thinks. I think Bibi is the last action as prime minister. He must try to take out the nuclear weapons uh, making ability of Iran. They've done it. Bibi can't do it, Curtis. 
I White House will not let him. Well, I they won't back him up. He's got he's got nothing to lose. Remember, he'll be out the door as prime minister. Uh, he he should do exactly what Menachem Begin did. It defied Ronald Reagan, uh, and it worked. Saddam, I think somebody has to take out. You cannot trust the Iranian government. I'm not saying the people because there's a lot of good Persian people. You can't trust the current government with nuclear weapons. And that's why they just want two. And they have gone on the record, the Ayatollahs. They said, we want two bombs. We're going to drop one on Israel. There are 80 nuclear weapons in that chocolate factory in the Negev Desert that I passed on my many visits down in Israel to a lot, which is on the Red Sea. And you know that half of them are probably primed and aimed right at Iran, right at Tehran. Uh, They can turn Iran into a glass highway. But they know where the nuclear weapons-making ability of the Iranians are. They've taken out their top scientists. They've done damage uh, uh, by through cyber uh, attacks. But I think they got, got to launch an all-out attack, and I think it's the last thing that Bibi has to do before he is segued out of power. When we return, we got to talk about the border. As Governor Abbott has defied the United States Supreme Court, he has defied Chuck Schumer, and he has defied Joe Biden. And he has been joined by other Republican uh, governors who have said, no, we're making uh, Texas last stand with Governor Abbott to protect the state of Texas and ultimately to protect America. Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, I'm joined by John Katsimatidis and Margo Katsimatidis, owners and operators of our mothership station for Greg Kelly and the network, WABC. Curtis. Yes. Saturday night or Sunday morning, you kept me up to 4 o'clock in the morning. That's my job. I mean, I tell you, I couldn't go to sleep. To the break of dawn. That's what I do, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I do all kinds of shifts at WABC. I've been doing talk radio for 35 years. The best shift I love is overnight. It's theater of the mind. I don't talk any politics. It's just music. Uh, One his- of these days I'll come in Yes, on a Sunday night or a Saturday night or Sunday morning, and I'll spend some time. And remember, we're on the most powerful radio station at night in the world, stronger than the BBC. They One, two, three, four. In right, and you see the callers calling from all over the world because it's a time where you just don't want to talk politics. You just want to talk nostalgia. You want to talk cultural issues. You want to talk about the music you grew up with and what's going on with some of the artists and how they've either come together again or they they refuse to come together. People love that. They can't get enough of that. Yeah. And you know, when you're going from South America, the edge of South America to Antarctica, where the Atlantic Ocean meets the Pacific Ocean, we've talked about this. Yes. The Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean, it's like a, a picture. 
two different colors, and they do not interconnect. No. And you look at it from up above, two separate waters. I, I just could never figure out how it doesn't blend. Well, you have to do more than that. You have to figure out how we can be heard in Antarctica because you've already made it so we can be heard in 100, already. 175 countries, but not Antarctica. 173. Oh, excuse me. Antarctica would be 174. <laughs> Russia would be 175. And just to, just to let you know, folks, uh, late at night when the sun goes down, you could hear WABC crystal clear on the app. Obviously, you can hear it on the stream. Uh, up in the highest uh, mountains of the Himalayas, right by Kathmandu and Nepal, and at the lowest latitude in America in Death Valley on your way from Los Angeles to uh, Las Vegas, uh, if you were going to the Super Bowl and you want to get through Death Valley as quickly as possible, it's the hottest place in the world. You can hear it all those places. Uh, and that's because you've developed the technology along with our crack engineering uh, department to make sure that people can hear it. The most powerful radio station at night. And I love doing uh, overnights, uh, Saturday mornings from 12 midnight to 6. And then so nice you let me do it twice 12 midnight to 6 uh, on Sunday mornings. And you can always get in on the podcast if you fall asleep for an hour or two. But I, I get insulted if anybody falls asleep on me. As you know, Margo, you're a tag team. You both listen. One goes to sleep. If I fall asleep, That's she true. listens. That's exactly. true. Ladies so, and gentlemen, I, can you imagine owners and operators who actually listen to the radio station that they own more so than anybody else, which keeps us all on our toes? including Greg Kelly, who's not here today. He'll probably be back tomorrow, not feeling well. But we got to look down at Texas. It's high noon. Governor Abbott is facing off with our federal government. He has defied the United States Supreme Court. They voted 5-4, and they ordered him uh, to have his National Guard and his Texas Rangers to step aside and to allow ICE to cut through the razor wire that he put up at Eagle Pass. His response was he doubled the razor wire, and now he's expanding it to other portals where you can come in and you can just say, I'm an asylum seeker, and then they let you into whatever part of the country you but want. Don't, don't you know, your, your listeners should know that the Soros-type people, I'm not saying it was Soros, I don't know who it was, they send lawyers to the other side of the borders yes. giving those theoretical asylum seekers Lessons on how to ask for asylum as the trick to get into the United States of America. Yeah, and we've made it so easy now with Biden, who campaigned against Donald Trump when he was president. And remember in that that last debate, he said, I get elected. Uh, you can come across the border. Uh, and boy, they were waiting at the border when uh, Joe Biden was elected. That inauguration took place in uh, January and then they just started flooding over. And now all of a sudden he's come to the realization he saw the polls. 18% of Americans support him in terms of his immigration policies. Never before has there been a poll so low in any topic for any sitting president. Now he said, wait, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to control the border. I'm going to get control. And Abbott has said, no, it's too late. Uh, we're standing. You were just in Florida. Governor DeSantis, now off the campaign trail, has sent his National Guard. Other uh, Republican governors, the only one who hasn't uh, sent National Guards to help uh, Governor Abbott is Massachusetts. 
and there's going to be a Mexican standoff. March, his his law that they passed in the legislature in Austin comes to effect, which means the Texas Rangers and the National Guard can arrest anyone coming across the border, and they will not accept the fact that you're saying you're an asylum seeker. They're only trying to protect the Texan pe- the Texas people. And I don't understand why uh, they're not allowed to protect their own constituents. Now, uh, President Biden is threatening that they're going to nationalize the national, the Texas National Guard yeah. and have them report to, to uh, the White House. Now, what's going to happen? Is that a constitutional crisis? Well, remember, Eisenhower did that in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, to force the integration of the public schools. He nationalized the uh, National Guard in Arkansas, which was there to prevent black children from coming into the school. He said, no, we've uh, superseded you. Remember when George Wallace stood on the front steps of the University of Alabama as the governor, and he said, we will not allow blacks to enroll here. Bobby Kenny, the attorney general, was on the phone at that time. He nationalized on behalf of his uh, brother, JFK, the president, the National Guard in Alabama, and they had to turn around from what they were doing. It would be very interesting to see what the uh, Texas National Guard does. Curtis, our ratings just hit new highs. Greg Kelly, you want to stay home another day? Stay home another day. <laughs> we miss you, Greg. We miss you, Greg. We really do miss you. And uh, our ratings are the highest ever right now. And, uh, Greg, I'll come down and help you, too. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, we'll bring him the chicken soup, right? We'll, or, or like the St. Bernard, we'll bring him the rum jug. No, get, he get, doesn't drink anymore. Get, we'll get, bring get him the chicken soup. to bring some chicken soup yes. to Greg. <laughs> but now, this is a constitutional it's crisis. A constitutional you are crisis. absolutely right. Now. Whoever the general is in charge of the National Guard, General XYZ, and when he gets a, a piece of paper from the White House saying, you now report to us. He has to do that. And he's a Texan. He has to do that. What is he going to do? I believe he will uh, abide by a – but I believe that Joe Biden and Mayorkas, who, as you know, is going through impeachment uh, hearings in the House, I believe that Joe Biden will not do anything because you know what's happened. Since Texas has added more razor wire, now the coyotes are transporting them over to Arizona and California. The problem in California is it's flooded out. I mean, they have rain like they've had before, so they can't get across that border, but they can to Arizona. So now Arizona should do exactly the same thing. But the governor there is a Democrat, so she probably will not defy Joe Biden. But this will be interesting. I don't think Joe Biden who has so much on his plate, including that ice cream that he loves each and every day, is going to want to take on Governor Abbott and trigger off a constitutional crisis because he can't win that. He can't win. Abbott will be a hero. Well, they're getting, I understand with all the uh, migrants that are coming in, they're giving out voting registration cards too? (laughs) Almost. Almost. Remember here. Hey, we got to have a little humor sometime. But remember here in New York City, the city council passed a law that said if you are a visa card holder, if you're here for a work visa or a student visa. Work visa or the visa credit card? No. That, they, they That's not the, the one that uh, Eric Adams is giving out. No, he just gave out the SNAP card, which All means right. $1,000 uh, of groceries you can get a each month. $1,000? $1,000. Are we giving that any to that to, uh, to the vets or we're giving it nope. to – how about the, the homeless nope. or, or the American poor? 
John, you know. Uh, in other words, you have to be a migrant to get it? Yeah. Uh, well, tell the American poor to, to, to leave town, go into Mexico, and then come back yeah. as a migrant. You know, it's so sad because uh, I patrol that area with a guardian angel. So we find the homeless person, American, mostly African-Americans, and we escort them to the Roosevelt Hotel. And the person will say, can I just stay for a night? I just need to take like a a shower. I need, you know, that's it. I just want to. No, sorry. You're not a migrant. No room for you. And I said, you realize we're paying for this. These are people we don't even know. They have had no medical background checks. They've had absolutely no vaccination. I understand some of the kids sitting next to the American kids uh, in classrooms have lice in their hair. That's what yep. I got from some teachers. Scabies and lice. Scabies and lice. And I got to tell you, I had... Is that where you got the itch? I had the itch because of the scabies. Because, you know, I hang out with the migrants in the in the tents at the Roosevelt Hotel on 42nd Street, Times Square, and it is just completely out of control. But the fact that they've had no medical checkups, they've had no vaccinations, no background checks. Now they're telling us that these young men with nothing to do of military age hanging out in 42nd Street, the gateway to the world, mostly Venezuelans, uh, have organized gangs. Well, I've been saying this for months because they just watch Americans. This is the most interesting thing, ladies and gentlemen. They didn't start to shoplift. They're hanging around with nothing to do, and they see Americans going in and out of a Dwayne Reed or a Walgreens or a CVS, and they're shoplifting, and they say, wow, boy, if we got caught in our country, Venezuela, doing that, we'd be in the gulag for about a year. Look, they don't do anything. So they figured, hey, they don't do anything to them. It's learned behavior. They won't do anything to us. They're now pickpocketing down on the subway platforms because they recognize you won't get arrested. So they are pushing the envelope. Pretty soon, they are going to be a gang to be dealt with like all the other gangs in the city of New York. And we put them up in the gateway of the world. All those hotels, $400 a night. $400 a night and $1,000 is a month? $1,000 a month on the snap card. To to buy whatever food you want to buy? And you know you can misuse that card. They have a... Well, it's, it's the same rules... As food stamps. Right, the snap or, card. Or food Correct. stamps, uh, yeah, debit thing. Or, you know, I, I shouldn't say all the bodegas, uh, but a lot of bodegas have established deals for face uh, yeah. food well, stamps. This is the easiest thing to do. Let's say, Margot, you had the snap card. Is your picture on it? Nobody ever looks at the card with the picture. So, uh, Diego, you could actually lend Diego the card and he'll give you cash. Less, about half what, you let's say you have $500 on your card. It's like a debit card. Every month it gets renourished. So he'll give you cash, and then you can go out and buy all the things that you can't get on the SNAP card, the debit card. It's a racket. And now you don't think the Venezuelans are going to figure this out in no time at all. They are very smart. They're great in business, and they're great in crime. The one thing about the Venezuelans that I've learned they're great business people when they're doing it legally, but they're damn good drug dealers and gang members. And this is going to be, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Scarface with Al Pacino. Yes. That were the Mariolitos that Jimmy Carter wel- welcomed over from Cuba, 80,000. And for years we had a crime plague because Castro gave us all of his criminals out of the jail. This is exactly what Maduro has done in Venezuela. When we return, though, 
We got to talk about the big race. It's the only race in the nation, a litmus test to what is going to happen in uh, November. It looks like Trump and uh, Biden all over again. This time it's Mazi versus Swazi, third congressional district that used to be haunted by a guy named George Santos, who from the cradle until he ends up in a grave, I don't think he's ever told the truth about anything. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Not today. It's Curtis Slee with John Katsimatidis and Margot Katsimatidis. Uh, and the big race, the only race in the nation, involves Mozzie versus Swazi. Third Congressional District, everyone remembers, that's where George Santos was, a guy who never told the truth in his entire life since the time he was birthed. He's out. Uh, the House voted him out. So this is a special election. It's on the 13th. There's only eight days left. And this is a sprint for both sides. They've already raised $10 million. I anticipate both sides together will have raised $20 million by Election Day. Early voting has already started. And Mazi has closed the gap against Tom Swazi, who has been an iconic figure in Nassau County Democratic politics since his Dad was a judge. Why would anybody vote for Swazi? I think he's a nice guy. He's a very experienced politician. But he's going to bring in more migrants. Yes, and uh, he is the one who, in his debate with Hochul, uh, he wanted to be governor. He's always wanted to be governor. Uh, he said, and he was probably going to regret this, he said, hey, well, you know what? I'm the one who kicked ice out of Nassau County when I was Nassau County executive. So, our very dear friend, Congressman Peter King, who's really running Mozzie's campaign, you can see. Because Peter King is a boxer. He goes to the gym and boxes every day. He's 80 years old. He's counterpunching every – every ad is a counterpunching Peter against Mozzie. Peter looks like 70. Yeah, but he is a fighter. And Mozzie was behind in the beginning because they had just chosen her as a candidate. Swazi already had $6 million provided by – uh, the uh, minority leader of the Democrats in the House, friend of uh, Swazi for a long time, Hakeem Jeffries, who one day is going to be Speaker of the House of Representatives. Six million dollars start. And the most recent poll was Swazi 45, Mazi 42, but she's closing it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm asking you today, if you're in proximity of Nassau County, if you're out in Suffolk or in Queens, please go to the Milleridge, which is the Milleridge Cottage. From 5.30 to 7.30, you can stop there on your way home at 585 North Broadway, Jericho, New York. They're having a huge rally on behalf of Mozzie versus Swazi. And, the and de- we might have uh, Peter King live from the, um, uh, from the rally between 5.30 and 6 o'clock. Great. And by the way, they said that you wouldn't debate. The debate is this Thursday, 8 o'clock, Channel 12. The whole country will be watching because this is a litmus test for the presidential election in November and all the other House seats that are determined, the U.S. Senate seats. So if Mozzie is able to beat Swazi, this is going to have ramifications to Team Biden, who would never have thought that Swazi could lose, really, to a novice. She's been elected before in the Nassau County Legislature. But what a great resume. Imagine a mother with seven children uh, was born in Ethiopia, a Jew, rescued by Israel, which always goes out and rescues those who are Jewish, brought to Israel, served in the IDF as a paratrooper. That is the most elite force. 
met her husband who did Alia from the Ukraine at the University of Haifa, where he became a doctor, moved to America to Great Neck, uh, has represented that community in the Nassau County Legislature. And boy, she's come out firing because Tom Swazi is for congestion pricing. Now, how does he expect anybody out there to be for congestion pricing? How can anybody that wants to represent Nassau County be for congestion pricing? I don't understand that. And then he's got a fundraiser. Uh, or he actually, it would have taken place on this past Saturday. I, I understand that Swazi has raised $10 million. Yes. Yes. He's versus got $2 million for Mozzie. Done. But. The diff- and they're 50-50 right now? Yeah. The difference is that Nassau County GOP knows how to get their vote out, which they did recently. You notice they swept all the congressional races. It's now a red island. Uh, and uh, I predicted Mozzie will win. I know there are some Republicans out there that are not happy with Mozzie because she remains a Democrat. But she has the Republican nod. She's a Republican in almost every way. She's not a Trumper. Uh, as uh, many candidates are, but it's more important to win this race because Tom Swazi represents uh, the old school Democratic Party that said, let all the illegals in and screw ICE. If I lived in Nassau County, I would definitely vote for Mozzie because I I think we need that extra vote with the migrant situation. And all special elections have very low turnout. So the Nassau County Republicans are great at getting the vote out. They go knocking on doors. It's old-fashioned retail politics. The uh, Nassau County Democratic uh, Party used to be a machine, but it's it's just not what it used to be. So I'd have to say, uh, based on her surge, Mozzie's surge, I think you're going to see a brand-new congresswoman in the 3rd Congressional District. And then it starts all over again. There are primaries in June. That means they will be raising millions on both sides. And then there's the general election, which is when we elect a, a new president uh, in November. So all told, this one congressional district, they can probably raise $50 million, 25 on both sides, because they recognize it is a litmus test for the direction that America is going. Please get out and support Mozzie. Put aside whatever simple differences you have with her. She will keep illegal aliens out. Swazi has proven that he wants to bring illegal aliens in. That's all you need to know.